Hey everybody, and welcome once again to the mighty Trash Bin Kids podcast. We're your hosts, Damian Rivera and Jackie, a.k.a. Squeeze the Cheese, please. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. You have to say the rest. week as we pour over the media that warps our minds and molded us into the upstanding mutant citizens we are today. We'll pick apart old favorites, current obsessions, and all the glorious trash in between. On this episode, we will be discussing the 2015 comic Vision and the upcoming Disney Plus series WandaVision. We're going to use our mind stones to predict what if any similarities will exist between the two. But first, we will be adding a new segment to our podcast. We're going to be switching things up on you. And it's going to be called The Dumpster Dive. And one of us are going to pick our state, our top pick of the week. Whether it's mm-hmm. a movie, or yeah. a video game, or a show, or a book, or a food. Whatever. But today will be Damien's <laughs> pick. <laughs> Whatever we're currently ensconced in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here on the inaugural uh, uh, thing. Thing, it's a it's a segment. segment. I couldn't think of the word segment. Editing, Jackie, do you think? No. Uh, Alice. So the the my pick of the week is uh, a show called Alice in Borderland. It's a live action show based on a manga. I like it a lot. I'm like four or five episodes in. It's basically battle royal meets the Running Man. Uh, it's about three friends that wake up in an alternate Tokyo where they're forced to play games where the consequences are life or death. That sounds interesting. Where are you watching this? Netflix. Netflix? Yeah. It's pretty good. How many episodes do you know? I think it's 13 episodes. Mm, okay. So you would I'd definitely recommend, recommend I like it, yeah. to all the trashy what's, babies out there? What's interesting about the show, too, is that I'm listening to it uh, <laughs> dubbed. Mm-hmm. I'm like 100% sure that they use anime voice actors for the live action show you recognize any of the voices from any of the shows we watch like my hero or i don't something? recognize any of the voices specifically but just the acting style is very anime like if you close your eyes you think it feels like you're watching anime that's a weird decision that they made but it makes it interesting hmm, okay well i've heard a little bit about the show i have not watched it um what little i heard was not positive mm-hmm. but i do like battle royale i read the book i've seen both movies so Maybe I'll give it a shot. It's good. I recommend it. Woo! Thank you for coming to our first ever segment of the Dumpster Dive. Now we can jump into discussing the... Co- what? Nothing. Why are you laughing at no, me? That's good. You're a good announcer. <clears throat> so now we're going to jump into our discussion of the comic that we read. Um, but I guess we'll let Damien start off with... Yeah. So this comic, I read it a few years ago. I know it was your fi- first time reading it. Si, senor. Um, it's 2015's Vision, uh, written by Tom King with artwork by Gabriel Hernandez Walta and one issue drawn by Michael Walsh and colors done by Jordi Belair. Um, How many issues is it? It is 12 issues. <clears throat> and we read it, um, well, I read it as trade. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar with comic books, like issues are like single issue comic books that come out like on a monthly basis and then trades are when they collect all of them together 
Right, they collect uh, runs. Yeah. I usually wait for trades to come out because I'm impatient. (laughs) I get through the issues so very quickly that I am left feeling hollow and empty inside. (laughs) Right, So I need, like, a full trade. So uh, this comic book was split into two trades, uh, each containing six issues. Yeah, so that's what we read. Yeah. When I was when I was a kid, I used to have to. I was a completist, so I had to get individual issues, and I was super against trades unless it was something that was impossible to find. And now that I've gotten older, I'm just like, yeah, trades all the way. Like, <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> I also like like purchasing trades because at the end of them, they usually have uh, a collection of all of the cover artwork. Oh yeah, alternative they, covers and stuff. Yeah. So I I like that because sometimes the few times that I have gone and bought issues. I do get hung up on like, should I get the variant on that? Like, and yeah. I get sad when I can't find the variant, and I'm not gonna pay like an absorbent amount of money for mm. a variant cover. So I do like being able to have that right at the end. And um, oftentimes there's a bit more reading material in the back than what you would find in the issues, especially because it's like a collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I like trades. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, variant covers almost caused like the comics. It almost caused. The uh the comics crash in the nineties. No, I didn't know that. That was like a big thing. Like everybody, the whole idea of a variant comic was like you do it once in a while to sort of like drive up hype and demand for an issue. Mm-hmm. And in the nineties, companies just started doing it so much. I don't understand the economics of it really. I'd have to research. I shouldn't have brought it up. But <laughs> this is what we do. But um, it, that was a big part of it. Is ha- they, they would have a thousand variant issues to try to drive collector um to drive. Like the collector buying, you know, like you have to buy every single ish, uh, cover that inflated it or something like that. And it, it almost like brought down the comic books industry. So it's a good thing you buy trades now. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I'm glad that comic books are not history. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you want to jump into facts about the character vision and then jump into the meat and potatoes of the comic itself yeah we can the comic uh is kind of interesting but yeah i think we should probably have a little bit on understanding of the character first mm-hmm. um so the first iteration of vision was originally created by joe simon and artist jack kirby this was a different version of the vision that we think of today the, the original version was an extraterrestrial lawkeeper, kind of like the green lantern mm. um he, well really yeah he's like yeah. an alien like big head, people. I would, I would, I would never have guessed that. Marvel has done that a bit. Like they'll rename, they'll they'll need a new character, and they'll just kind of take the name of an old character from like decades before, take the name, and like kind of remake them. Mm-hmm. But uh, this that version appeared in Marvel Mysteries Comics number thirteen, which was an anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, so it appeared in nineteen forty, and he made regular appearances in that anthology series up until around nineteen forty three, and then he would come back sporadically. But the vision that we know today, uh, the more contemporary version, was created by Stan Lee, who at the time was editor of Marvel Comics and mm-hmm. writer Roy Thomas. They wanted to introduce a new character to the Avengers, so they settled on using the name of the original vision, and then they kind of just made a new character using that name. Um, it's kind of lazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's comic books. Yeah, because I've never heard of that first version that you're talking about, and clearly the newer, like Stan Lee version. Well, that's bec- yeah, has kind of that's the version. Now. Yeah, that's like the vision. That's the, yeah. <laughs> the vision we know today uh, first appeared in 1968's Avengers number 57. Mm-hmm. 
this second version of Vision was an android created by longtime Avengers adversary Ultron to oh, combat yeah. the Earth's mightiest heroes. Eventually, they kind of knock him out, and he wakes up with you know among the Avengers, and they sort of convince him to turn away from his evil robot daddy, <laughs> and uh, thus become he has daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then after that, he became a member of the team, and he's been a member of the Avengers ever since. I think it's also important to note for, like, listeners who don't read comic books or not involved in, like, the Marvel Universe beyond the films. The, the film version of the Vision is a little bit different, and we can discuss that later. Ultron is not really his daddy in the movies, right? <laughs> but Tony Stark's his daddy in the movie. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of like, right? Because it's just, he appeared, he first appeared in the movies in Age of Ultron, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like they're almost like twin brothers, kind of in the movie, because they're both Two made sides by sides of the same coin. Right, they're both made <laughs> by Tony Stark, sort of. Sure, sure, yeah. But yeah, in the comics, Vision is created by Ultron to help him fight the Avengers. So do you want to just jump into <laughs> the book, uh, which I think, like reading this now, mm-hmm. was a good time. Do you liked it? One because obviously the Disney Plus series WandaVision. Is coming out uh, this com- upcoming Friday, January 15th. But I also think that because of where it takes place and because some of the themes and things that they're kind of working with in this story, mm-hmm. um, and especially where we are right now with, you know, the past year, racial tension, uh, Washington, D.C. sort of being a mess, especially yeah. as early as last week where we had people storming the Capitol. Yeah. <laughs> I think that reading this was timely. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's timely. I feel that the story is definitely timeless. You know, you have the themes of... In, in the story, essentially, what happens is Vision creates this synthetic family, mm-hmm. um, kind of using himself and the people that he's come into contact with in his past as the sort of templates for mm-hmm. And in this series, he essentially has a government job. He works for the White House, and it's him trying to have a normal suburban life. The things that make you human, he's sort of after that in this in this comic. Mm-hmm. And it's met with not great results. Sort of Spoiler. jump into it. I mean, it's not spoilers because they do tell you in the first issue. They give you a lot of spoilers in the first issue when they basically tell you that things are not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Because there is a narrator. There's a narrator, um, yeah. I immediately, I don't know if you felt this, but I immediately got, you know, not knowing who the narrator was, I immediately got like American Beauty vibes. Oh, um, because of the subject matter, you know, Kev- I just kind of imagine like Kevin Spacey as the voice of the vision narrating oh, like the mundanities of like suburban life in yeah. Virginia, well, Washington, Virginia. They live in Virginia, but he works at the White House. Yeah. yeah. I knew that it was. I'd be down for vision in his underwear, like pumping iron in, the, <laughs> in his garage or whatever. Yeah. And like, I-, I kind of thought that it was just the vision sort of narrating their own lives because throughout the book, they speak in a different way because they're not human it's very robotic they talk to each other to each other in a very cold clinical way yeah so i thought like oh maybe that this is just like the vision narrating his life right you know later we find out who the narrator is but yeah that's like my immediately thought that like oh this is definitely american beauty rise because it's like the same sort of thing like guy living like this you know white picket fed suburban dream but like being this is is it disillusioned by it I don't know if he's disillusioned so much as he's really trying to fit in with that notion of what the American dream is. 
being disappointed. <laughs> being disappointed. Uh, I didn't really bring it back to, but like what you said earlier about like, uh, you know, this whole, it being sort of timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it does deal with him not fitting in and there's a lot of sort of parallels to what happens in the story and to either the immigrant experience in America or just anybody that might be perceived as different in America. Anybody that's not the norm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think there are a lot of things that I think are definitely race related in this. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when I was reading it, I thought of another comic book reference, but I really thought of like Dr. Manhattan in The yeah, Watchmen. Kinda, yeah. And I thought That's about right. like he's an other, basically considered like a godlike creature, yeah. entity. And he doesn't want to attempt to be human. Like he's done with it. Right. He's, he's done, quote unquote, being caught in the tangle of their lives. He's so and all far this. beyond that, yeah. But, you know, Vision wants to strive for humanity and normalcy yeah. and this experience. Um, and I thought that was interesting. But then I think that, you know, in watching the things that happen while they're living there, just like for anything from like the neighbors being very skeptical about them, you know, living next door yeah. or people writing racial <laughs> slurs yeah. on their home. Uh, in graffiti, I feel like that's very much like the experience of any color family, African American, you know, black, yeah, if you're Muslim, Hispanic, whatever, Muslim, yeah. moving into a neighborhood that is predominantly like affluent and or white. Mm-hmm. These are things that they go through yeah. at all time that like Karen experienced almost like people like fucking with them for no reason, essentially. Yeah. And it's like, no matter what the vision can do, like, yeah, he's not a black person. He's not a brown person, but he is literally a red robot. <laughs> yeah. So like, no matter how much they can try to act like human beings and mimic their way of speaking, their way of acting. Like even something is like they have dinner talks, like cause they don't eat, they don't eat yeah. and they're just trying to do all of this, but no matter what, they will always be treated as other yeah, because and, of what they look like. And yeah. And you see it in the very first, uh, the very first issue too, or the, like you mentioned before, the neighbors are welcoming them to the neighborhood and they're bringing them cookies. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear. The husband is like, you know, he's calling them toasters. He's like, we shouldn't be doing this. They're not normal. Even, like, it, I think it even goes beyond the idea of, like, oh, they just want to be human. It's, like, the idea of uh, you'll never fit in. They go at length throughout the story to let you know that Vision counts him saving the world 37 times. Like, he's saved the planet 37 times. At least. <laughs> at least. That he counts. Yeah. Like he's, like, it's definitely more, but he has, like, 37 that he's, like, very, like, these were definitely mm-hmm. because of me. And it's, like, you're not accepted in these neighborhoods, even with that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the, the Chris Rock joke. I don't know if like you've ever heard his bit where he talks about in his neighborhood. It's like him, Eddie Murphy, I think like Mary J. Blige. And it's like a very well-to-do suburb. And he's like, you know what my dentist does? Oh, not my dentist. <laughs> he's like, you know what my neighbor does? He's a fucking dentist. Yeah. And he's like, so it proves that like we have to fucking fly where white people can kind of just coast. Yeah. So that's sort of like reminds me of that a little bit where it's like it's this fucking guy that's literally part of the Avengers he's saved the world multiple times and even he can't get a fucking break where like people are sort of mistrusting him Mm -hmm. you know calling him shit behind his back like that kind of stuff you know yeah and it's just like you know as we learned from reading the story it's just like that cycle of like 
pushing people too far. So, like, no matter how much they try to assimilate uh, in their neighborhood, in their positions with, you know, other human beings. Right. The people around them will just continue to push them to a point where they act out out of anger, whether it's violently or just, like, verbally or whatever. And then, like, it just then proves, like, the point that everybody's making, like, that bias that everybody yeah. has. Like, oh, they're not human. Yeah. They can't be around us. But it's like, nah, motherfucker, like, you push these people to the brink. Like, you didn't even give them the, the space to have a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, and do they should they have to prove themselves? No, just like black or brown people shouldn't have to prove themselves when they move into a certain type of neighborhood or have a certain type of job. They sh- it shouldn't be that way, but it is. Yeah. Well, I think uh, to sort of like flesh out that idea a little more, like maybe we need a little bit, we need to let the people know just what? a little bit of plot. Plot? Um, Who needs so a plot? The Vision makes three family members for himself. His wife, Virginia, his daughter, Viv, and his son, Vin. Mm-hmm. Um, he bases them all, like I mentioned before, off of people that he knew in the past, mm-hmm. but they're very obviously also replicas of himself. Yeah, he sends his <laughs> like he, him with a wig. It's just him, yeah. <laughs> and he so he sends his kids to school. He stresses to them about being normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if you don't eat, pack a lunch, and like all that kind pretend. of pretend. Yeah, <laughs> pretend. Uh, the kids have a hard time at school. People are constantly like, "Are you normal?" Like you know that kind of stuff. A lot, it's shown that a lot of kids like them because it's like they'll sort of show off their strength or they'll, they'll do tricks, stuff like that. Everything kind of goes south when the Marvel's Grim Reaper shows up at Vision's house. Yeah. Basically runs his daughter through with a, his fucking scepter thing. He has a scythe, I think. He has a scythe. Attempts to murder the daughter. Virginia, his wife, bludgeons Grim Reaper to death with a cookie tray. Which is my weapon of choice. Right. <laughs> And it's funny that it's like, that's how sort of, not drawn out, but how brutal it is. Mm-hmm. Because it's sort of shown later on in the series that they do have, you know, lasers, they're super strong, all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it could have been ended quickly, but mm-hmm. sort of Virginia, she, okay, so another thing that this story kind of deals with as well is like, the the entire family is sort of dealing with their own insecurities and questions as to like, what they are, who are they to the vision, like. I, I do feel bad for them in this story because they were sort of just created. Vision had the knowledge of what it's like to be like this other thing. Even with that, he decided to sort of create this family to bring life that like he knows that they will also have the same questions. Mm-hmm. So in a way, they're sort of victims too. They have to go through it whether they want it or not. They're alive now. Now it's like they're, you know, is their deal. Mm-hmm. Well, when the Grim Reaper showed up, I felt kind of lost, obviously. Mm-hmm. Because, again, like, I don't keep up with the stories of these characters. Um, I haven't read a lot of any of the previous comic books, like Avengers or whatever, you know, Vision and Scarlet Witch. So I was confused when he showed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why are you so angry? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know the probability of that happening would have come up because he's a superhero. But from what I fleshed out from your description of the comic before we read it, I thought this was going to be, like, suburban problems like everyday life kind of stuff like no like big superhero drama yeah it kind of sets you up for that sort of and then when he showed up i was like oh okay so i guess this is happening (laughs) yeah and i and again i didn't know what his motives or reasons behind the attack was um i think he mentioned wonder man at some point yeah, so but that's yeah. it, and so I kind of just felt very confused by that. So that's getting a little bit into the weeds with the, the nerd shit. Yeah. But essentially, 
uh, Grim Reaper shows up screaming about how the visions are imposters, like accusing them of, of stealing somebody's identity. Mm-hmm. What what it is is the Grim Reaper's brother is Wonder Man, mm-hmm. and Wonder Man's brainwaves were used by Ultron to create Vision. Okay. So he sees almost Vision is sort of, uh, has a happy family. He created a family off of Wonder Man's brainwaves while his family was completely like torn apart and he doesn't have a happy, a happy life and all that kind of stuff. I see. So he sees, it's almost like jealousy, like you sort of, you're trying to be this thing that was my brother. Okay. But I don't have that. So that's kind of like what he was sort of alluding to. Got it. Got it. Thank you for clarifying, because yeah. the comic book definitely didn't do that. Well, it kind of leaves you. It kind of leaves you to sort of just figure it out. Yeah. So after he gets like bludgeoned to death with a cookie tray, um, we find out that he was also then buried in the backyard. The wife covers it up. Yeah. yeah. Virginia covers it up. She freaks out because again, she does. She wants a normal life as well. She wants everything. It, it's. I think that's one thing that like kind of sort of like bothered me. I feel like the children, because they're going to school. And learning mm-hmm. things, whether it's downloading information to like learn like concertos or whatever, or mm-hmm. like Shakespeare, which we'll talk about soon. I think that the children have more, I don't know if the word, right word is agency, but they are building their personalities and building their wants and interests and obsessions and whatever. Like his mm-hmm. son then becomes super obsessed with Shakespeare. And it's like that came of his own wants and interests. Like he fell into it. He fell into Whereas, it. They mentioned that he kind of gets hyper focused on Shakespeare after he would. Because both the kids witnessed the mom murdering Grim Reaper. Yeah. But and then, he gets into it afterwards. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is like the kids are learning as kids do. Mm-hmm. And they're formulating their own wants, their own needs. Right. Whereas I feel like, you know, when you said like, oh, the mom wants to have a normal life too. Well, that just probably just stems from whatever vision like kind of programmed her as because I, they say this later in the uh, series but um the kids say that they're programmed as kids or like right they're like programmed to be 16 and she's they have what, programmed as an adult yeah. so i would imagine that the, the vision just programmed her as like a fully functioning like these are these are your wants these are your needs mm-hmm. you want you share the same ideals protect the children protect this life that we have be human as he, possible. He mentions, yeah, towards the end that he programmed her to be, quote-unquote, a good person. Yeah. And that she also has free will. So I think it is a little bit of both. Like, I, he has I a don't little see bit of her himself. as somebody, like, having free will. Like, yeah, like, hiding a murder is, I guess, like, as much free will as she mm-hmm. has. And even that, like, kind of, like, fucks up everything. Because she can't, like, function afterwards. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like her entire identity is linked with visions, wants, and needs. And she's like the most tragic character out of all of them. Yeah. Because I feel like she has no real personality. Well, that's the thing is like she's trying to figure out like what do I like? Who am I? Like I sort of equated it to almost like Frankenstein's monster mm-hmm. where she's like I was created and I don't know. Not that she was abandoned the way Frankenstein's monster was, but she was kind of just made and then visions just never around to kind of like teach yeah, her things true. or whatever. And yeah, they, she's they constantly, even, like, begging him to, like, come home. And he's like, no, I'm finding, like, Giganto, Giganto right now. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing, and even, like, the they draw another parallel to Frankenstein that I thought was, they mentioned that when he first created her, when she sort of first came online, like, he was sort of, like, repulsed by, like, the fact that he created this thing. She sort of, her eyes kind of flickered to life and that he was, 
he had a moment of like fear and it was kind of like, oh, I don't think I should have done this. Yeah. He made this thing for sort of his own selfish purposes because this is what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And now this thing that he made just kind of has to contend with the idea of like, what is a life? Like, what was my purpose of being made for? Like, yeah. trying to figure her way through this life. And I think that she just wants to be as normal as possible. And then murdering the Grim Reaper with a cookie sheet kind of <laughs> throws a monkey wrench in that. Which is, right, she didn't have to hide the body. I felt like if she killed him, it would be justifiable. Like, you murdered my daughter. You tried to murder my daughter. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Is that like that classic story of, like, you tried to hide the truth with lies, and then the lies just keep, like, getting bigger and bigger and bigger? Yeah. And, like, you see that happen, because I think it's, like, in the third issue, she receives, like, a phone, like, a little phone in yeah, the like mail. Yeah, like a murder phone. And basically somebody saw her trying to hide the body and they're now going to blackmail her mm-hmm. because they have video proof that she murdered the grim reaper right. and then so like now it's just like escalating where it's like now she has to tell more lies and cover more tracks and it's just like the truth would have been so much easier and simpler yeah but here we are that's kind of that's what i i liked about this uh, series is that everything sort of snowballs out of control the way it should Kind of, you know, where it's like, in superhero comics, you get a lot of like, okay, the Hulk just like throws a tank through a building and then, oh, who knows, whatever. Yeah. But this is very like, no, you killed somebody, now there's consequences. It's like, somebody saw it, now you're going to be found out. Like, you, you don't really just walk it off and, you know, everything's back to normal. Yeah. And I think it fits within the context of this story where it's like, the story is very grounded, which I like a lot. There's yeah. not too much comic bookiness happening yeah. for the most part, you know. It's just, it's a family drama that just happens to happen to these uh, comic book characters, these superheroes. Yeah. Which we don't see a lot of in, like, typical superhero uh, comic books. It's mostly, like, all, like, save the world, save the universe, Mm -hmm. you know, villain versus hero. There's a little bit of, like, love mixed in in between, but that's the extent of it. Yeah. And I feel like in this one, a lot of people having good intentions for the most part. Yeah. Whether it's the Visions or whether it's, you know, the Avengers or whatever, like, they're trying to do everything with a good intent. They believe what they're doing is right. Yeah. Which is, you know, everybody, I guess. Everybody's, like, the hero of their own story. But, and then, like, all that kind of, like, falling apart. Nobody, except for, like, maybe, like, the assholes who are, like, treating the Visions badly or, like, having unconscious or extremely conscious biases of them. Yeah. But everybody is just trying to, like, do right. Yeah, what they think is the correct thing. Yeah, yeah whether it's even, like, for instance, um, Vin has an altercation with a boy at school. He hurts him. Yeah. He could have potentially killed him. Um, well, the kid's talking shit about his sister. His sister's his lab partner. Yeah, that happens. And then that boy's father, we find out, is the one who is blackmailing uh, Mrs. Vin- Vision or Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> She says she, Virginia, doesn't, she doesn't like I to bang. be called I'm sorry, respect, respect, Virginia, who is blackmailing Virginia because he wants to protect his son. Right. He wants him gone. He want, he's like, just leave. Don't come back. You know, I don't want my son to, Which, yeah. you know, be threatened by your son anymore. I don't want him hanging out with your daughter anymore. None of that. Which I think it's also worth m- mentioning that at this point, it's kind of obvious that his son and Viv, their daughter, have it's like the beginning of them kind of liking each other like yeah. they sort of have a little bit there's a little romantic spark there yeah and 
a well-intentioned action leads to a tragic end for even these human beings where um the father threatens virginia with a gun yes he has a gun right he He threatens her he texts her on the burner phone saying meet me at this location at midnight she goes and it's him yeah at his house too like what a fucking idiot well he says he even says he's like i guess well i think it's like what you said good intentions right he's like i want you to meet me at my house because i want you to know i don't have anything to hide i don't have anything personal against yeah, you but also gun I like just, put the gun away yeah. and like but it, that meet was, me at my house and my son also is home yeah like what bro what stupid anyway so yeah he comes to the house which again shows the mistrust that people have because he feels like he has to be armed to talk to this lady yeah so virginia comes to the house they're hashing it out she's not they're not explaining they're not hearing each other well the thing too is like he's being extremely condescending like he keeps calling her her children things like he's like you know yeah i know your things have a history i don't want your thing with my daughter i'm sorry with my son Mm -hmm. like this is whatever so she gets a little bit heated but she doesn't approach him i think she kind of just moves at him a little bit and then the son is there he shoots, and one of the main vision ability, vision family abilities, is that they can phase through things. They can reconstruct their molecules, so they can phase through things, but they can also... Like, become stronger, weaker. Yeah. Well, why would they want to be weaker? Yeah. But they can change their form, basically. So she phases exactly as he shoots, and he ends up killing to his own To protect herself. Right. Um, and yeah, so he kills his own son... Which then leads to Viv um, also obviously like being very sad because that was probably one of her first few connections and friends right. outside of her well, yeah. little family. Right. So. But even before, right, so she's upset afterwards. But even before that, again, uh, the, the son's name is CK, the son that gets shot. Mm-hmm. The dad shoots him. And then Virginia knocks the dad out and puts him into a coma. And they say that he never recovers from the coma. So he's basically brain dead. Well, because then he... And, he le- and she leaves him there. Like, she kind of just... Yeah. But again, like, that's her just trying to cover her track. That happens. I want to talk about, very briefly, the appearance of uh, Agatha Harkness, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that shit confused the fuck out of me. <laughs> so, like, at <laughs> the, the beginning she's of the... in the jungle? Yeah, like, at the beginning of comic book... They describe the Vision's home, and they describe, like, all of these objects that are in their home. He has exotic That were given to them by other Avengers, friends. Items that they don't need or have any use for. It's almost like a museum of just, like, you know, uh, a gift from, like, the Black Panther and a a lighter that was used by Captain America during uh, D-Day. Yeah, to uh, read a map. Read on a D-Day. map on D Day, and there's this vase flying, that the flying water vase of Zenla. Yes, thank you, because I would have never remembered that. And they talk about how the the vase like has no flowers in it because technically it would kill any flowers that would go in there. It's poisonous to all living things in the galaxy. Yeah, so they're made to be empty. Yeah, which is a parallel sort of parallel why is it a parallel explain to the children and to me i don't know so they they no they mentioned that early on when they're sort of going through all the things in the house yeah of all these things that he's collected on his adventures yeah Uh, but they don't explain to like like an issue later like that the vase is poisonous it's kind of hard because we're this is like an audio thing it's you know we don't have the book in front of us but as they're describing it's like water like floating in midair in a slight but as, as they're describing it they're showing shots of his family yeah so it was like talking about the vase 
but they're not really talking about the vase. Is they're like, you know, why would some people be- people ask why would you make something like this? Something that has no use, something that's empty. Like who would ever care for something that can only destroy? Like like a synthesoid. Exactly. <laughs> so and then as they do that, they sort of like go. So then the reason why I brought that up is because this bitch Ag- Agatha comes in right. They mention a, one of the gifts in the house is a plant. The Wonder Gore ever bloom blossom, Jackie. Thank you. We don't even need an editing, Jackie, this episode. It's going to be great. You have all the facts. <laughs> so the plant only grows in the shade of a certain mountain somewhere in Eastern Europe. It lets you see the future. So this bitch Agatha shows up. And this it's, bitch Agatha? There's a, there's a, first of all, <laughs> yes. I thought that this was going to be all the answers to WandaVision that I would need in my life. Because okay. the artwork changes. Well, not the artwork, but everything looks kind of gray. Like, when WandaVision shows up? Oh, when no, when Agatha, Agatha shows, shows up, up. we find out later that it's because it's a flashback. It goes into black and white, yeah. But I thought that, like, oh, I got the answers. When we talk about WandaVision, Jackie's going to be enlightened. She's going to know all yeah. the secrets. All you motherfuckers who have questions, listen to this podcast. I got I got the ultimate prediction. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's not the case. But mm-hmm. that was my, the immediately vibes I got. Because uh-huh. I was like, oh, she's existing in an alternate world. It's black and white, just like the first episode of WandaVision. Oh, my right. God. Mm-hmm. Agatha is um, a witch. She's Scarlet Witch's teacher. Yeah, and yes. she's a witch. Yes. But I didn't know but that. Have... I had to fucking look that up. Do you see what I'm saying? They said it in the comic. Yeah, but I they needed said... more information. But just the comic said it. I said it's me. There was a lot happening. A cat died. Okay. Oh, so me, you... scarred. Animal. Once something happens to an animal, that's it. Yeah. And I was kind of like taken out of the story, to be honest. Like once I found really? out it was this bitch, and then all this whole separate thing happened with this character that I don't give a fuck about, I was kind of like, Meh. really? Meh. Meh. Okay. That's how I felt. That's a rating. Meh. 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 It took me out of the drama of the family. Everything happening within the space of like the, their home and like maybe school and work. That's it. Okay. So you didn't like that at all? No. See, I didn't mind it. I like that because I think it it sort of opened the door to another idea that we have as humans is the idea of do we have predetermined paths, uh, like free will. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the use of Shakespeare in this. (laughs) I tried to find more information about it, but I thought that Vin becoming obsessed with Shakespeare is quite interesting. Um, You know, obviously, like, Shakespeare is considered one of the greatest writers and or playwrights of all time. The Bard. I thought the importance of Shakespeare in this particular comic was Shakespeare writing these plays bridged a gap between two worlds. Mm -hmm. Between the rich and the poor. Because art, plays, even history, that form of entertainment was considered for the rich for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And then you had... Shakespeare come around and he's making these plays obviously about like you know love and all that fun stuff that happens but there's also like you know plays about history things that really happen Julius Caesar all that kind of stuff people who couldn't read or write were going to this open theater and watching and understanding and laughing at the same content that the rich and educated were doing as well right and for those for that moment while enjoying those plays for however long it took Mm -hmm. They were all the same. And I okay. think that the use of Shakespeare, at least the mention of that, I think alludes to like the fact that the visions want to sit at the table too. They want to mm-hmm. sit at that theater. They want to experience everything that all humans around them feel. Right. And truly understand it and to feel a part of society or a group. And I, I 
don't really know a lot about like the Merchant of Venice, mm-hmm. for instance. I haven't read that play or seen it. But I think that the use of this particular play is significant because use a quote about the villainy you teach. I believe that's like the That's chap- the famous, um, if you prick us, do you not bleed? Yeah. Do we not bleed speech, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I now, I thought I wrote this down, but I didn't write the complete quote down. But he, the chapter or the issue is called the villainy you teach, I believe. Yeah. And I think that this is just alluding to the fact that, like, Visions wanted to learn how to be human, but all the negative things that are happening to them, they're just, like, adopting the more negative behaviors. Right. Whether it's lying, anger, violence, acting out of fear. And then because this is what they're learning from the people around them, this is what they're becoming. And then in that way, they become the villains. Yeah. And that's my Shakespeare. That's kind of, yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I, I felt it was. They're sort of forced into this situation where it's like, all they can do now is be sort of reactionary. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of just, like, they're being prodded in certain directions to where it's like, well, if you react negatively, it's not really my fault. You kind of put me in this corner. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, it was specifically Merchant of Venice. Yeah. That whole monologue is from, you've never, you've never read it, right? I never read it. So there's a character called Shylock in the Merchant mm-hmm. of Venice. Uh, who's a uh, Jewish moneylender. Yeah. And they mentioned earlier in the comic that it's pretty early on, so it was funny that it's like to see it sort of come back later. A lot of that happens in this. I love uh, Tom King is the writer. I think he's an amazing writer and specifically clever for a comic book writer Mm -hmm. Yeah, to lay out the framework in the first issue and to be able to pull it back 12 issues later. Yeah. Um, Especially because comic books are visual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Tom King is amazing at that. Anyway, I think, continue. Yeah. I think he's really good at getting like the alpha level, like Aspergerness of like <laughs> of the vision. Like when he speaks and the way he's like thought process. Oh yeah. Like when they were talking about like human language, it was trying and to how make like me... it, it made me feel like wow, we Slightly. really are fucking dumb. <laughs> like we just do stuff, yeah. and we're just dumb. And the whole thing was a breakdown of they meet their neighbors and the wife says oh they seem kind and he's like no you don't say kind yeah and she's like why not and he goes because saying somebody seems seems kind is an implication that they might be evil or something and then it goes into this whole thing about rhetoric but they did but, it early but, on yeah so early on they mentioned that viv and vin have an argument as to whether or not shylock is a is a villain mm-hmm. or if he's a hero not mm-hmm. a hero but if he's a sympathetic character yeah and uh, in merchant of venice Basically, Shylock keeps getting fucked with. Yeah, he's everybody. He's the only Jewish character in the not in the play, uh-huh. so everybody kind of shits on him. He gets spat at. He mentions that people are like anti-Semitic to him. All this shit. He gets double-crossed in the play and wants revenge. To the people watching the play, he's supposed to be the villain, kind of. And then that's sort of where his. I believe it's a it's a courtroom where he has that dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, where he says, do we not have organs, dimensions, senses, affections, passions? If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you wrong us, shall we not seek revenge? Mm-hmm. If you are like, if we are like you in the rest, we will resemble you in that. Vin becomes obsessed with that passage, specifically yeah. after he sees not only his sister get stabbed by the Grim Reaper, which he ends up surviving, but he sees his mother kill the Grim Reaper. It's also after he almost kills... That boy. That the kid who was asking about his sister. Yeah. He sort of gets obsessed with uh, Merchant of Venice specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a, a good sort of, uh, it, it's like a twofold kind of thing where he um, sees it as sort of imitating his own life where 
he has to sort of wonder like, oh, am I bad for this? Am I wrong for this? Mm-hmm. And him being like, no, I was kind of justified in, in my behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that You're going to have a, a whale really of a time editing this. Thought. I hate my <laughs> life. Anyway. So, should we talk about, like, kind of, like, wrap things up with the story? Do you want to, like, touch on Vision's brother? So, right, yes. (laughs) Yeah, his half-brother, also, I believe, created by Ultron. Yeah, he was created by Ultron. Yeah, but I don't want to talk about, because that was another thing. I was just like... He's, so, at this point, Grim Reaper's dead. Kids are having a hard time, because they sort of share this secret with the mother, that Mm -hmm. uh, she's a murderer. Mother's hiding her own secret that she's a murderer and she was also inadvertently involved in the shooting of this kid. Mm-hmm. Everybody's keeping it from Vision. And then it turns out all of the, the narration that we read throughout the entire series is being narrated, like you said, by Agatha. Mm-hmm. But it turns out she's actually snitching to the Avengers. That's probably why I didn't like this bitch. Because she's a <laughs> snitch and we don't like snitches. So she took the flower, somehow projected herself into the future because we only see her in ghost form. <laughs> To anybody reading this or listening to this, comic books. <laughs> She's in the past, projecting herself in the future. She's a ghost. The narration, you know, you're, you're following it. Like Jackie said, oh, this is Vision. Turns out it's Agatha, Admit, I'm sorry, Agatha. Agatha narking to the Avengers saying, all of this, I know what's going to happen. Vision is going to go apeshit and essentially <laughs> raise the entire Earth, which is a quote that she uses. Like, he's going to destroy yeah. Everything to which the Avengers feel like now they have to uh, stick their nose in. Yeah, and again, like well intentioned. Which it shows though that not not even they because well, they wouldn't she be. She snitched on Vision. It wasn't like they were snooping to like always be checking on him and make sure he's doing okay. Yeah, but she the snitched. thing though is like if somebody said that about Captain America, they'd be like, yeah, whatever. You know, Captain America is just a strong dude. He can't raise the Earth. Yeah, but I don't know. Vision. Has that ability. He has power. He's not like, you know, Dr. Manhattan Watchmen strong, I don't believe, in my opinion. But he does have the ability where it's like common, Captain America. He's just a strong dude who throws a shield. Like, he can't raise the fucking earth. Yeah, you but know? the thing is, I feel like they would never question Captain America's morals. They would never, they, they, they would never be like, oh, Cap would never. Where when it's Vision, they're like, oh, yeah, he might. I believe. That the use of Captain America in this comparison is not valid. It's valid. Because he... I'm valid. Because Captain America is like the all-American boy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Boy yes. wonder. Yes. If, for instance, if it would have been Tony Stark who Agatha saw something about, I think it would have been the same. Maybe. Because Tony Stark Tony has Stark that is like... A bag, though. Yeah, but he has that thing where it's like he could potentially be driven to do bad... Because of circumstances. Yeah. He's not like the golden boy. Like nobody's Captain America. Captain America doesn't fucking exist. It's not a real person. Mm-hmm. He is like the most boring motherfucker in the world. Yeah, I don't know how he, he's, I don't know how he has He is white toast. You know what it is though? It's all, I think, the movies. The movies? Like, the mo- like but even Captain like, America was big like in the comic books, obviously. But this whole like, oh, who's your favorite? Super- I don't think anybody would say their favorite superhero is Captain America. Yeah, but that's not even here nor there. I'm just saying like you made it like you made a comparison between... Uh, fucking Vision and Captain America, which isn't valid because Captain America is, like, fake. Captain America is basically a fucking robot. Let's just be honest. Like, a robot made by America to, like, be the golden boy. Truth and justice to the end. Mm-hmm. He's more of a robot than the fucking Vision. Yeah. So you have to compare him to somebody with a little bit more substance. 
in this particular case. Right. Captain America is like the McRib. <laughs> McRib? People love him. They don't know why. Give it to me. He's filled with gym mats. <laughs> Let's get back to the, to the story. So basically, Agnes... Sorry, I keep calling her Who Agnes. Who is Agnes? There's a reason why I keep calling her Agnes. It will all make sense in time. There's a thing Agatha. With this particular episode, like, neither of us can talk properly. Well, it's usually me, and I'm glad that you're joining me on this. Agatha snitches, uh-huh. and the Avengers want to swoop in and figure shit out, but they want to do it in, like, a low-key way. They don't want to just go in guns blazing. Right. So they send in Vision's brother, half-brother. Half-brother. They share their damaged daddy issues with right. Ultron. Their metallic papa. Their metallic papa, yes. <laughs> and his brother's name Victor. is Victor, but he wants to. What was it? Victor, but he wants to avoid becoming like Victorious. Victorious. The, the character known as Victorious. Which Again, which is like somebody like telling him his fucking future and now him doing everything he can to well, avoid it. Right. A la because that's so Raven. Victor. <laughs> like, literally, like somebody like Victor, looked into his future and told him his future and now he's like doing everything to avoid it, which is going to no, end Victor, up being. Victor fought to. So, Victor was also created by Ultron, much like Vision, mm-hmm. to be uh, evil. To be evil, to help evil. destroy the Avengers, to help destroy the world. <laughs> so, the entire his entire life, Victor has been fighting against becoming evil, which again is like it brings up the idea of you are you become what you w- want to be. There's not no such thing as predestination. It's like you can fight your. So it's the same thing. Like Victor is much like Vision in that he was created to be evil. But he spent his entire life sort of fighting it to become his own person, the best version of himself. Yeah. So in that way, Vision and Victor are sort of like, they have this kind of thing between them that they know that they sort of overcame this common thing, fate. Mm-hmm. So so he shows up out of the blue, uh-huh. saying that he has an internship, something, he's nice. living with them. Falsities. And you're like, oh, cool. Whatever. Oh, he looks like a human, by the way. Yeah, Victor looks like a normal human, but he's yeah. he's more of a of an android, I guess, than a synthesoid. Yeah. Which the listeners out there, a synthesoid, it's kind of like an android. I don't know. What? Okay, so Vision looks Comic like a red books. robot. He looks like a red and green robot. Nothing about him appears to be human except for like the physical form. Mm-hmm. Right, he's human, so he fits in a little bit more. And so basically, like, he's just, like, kind of lingering around trying to, like, find out if they'll give him any sort of, like, information as to what's happening because but, obviously Avengers already know. But the the Visions are all excited to have him there. Yeah, like, like they they're just him. really happy. This, this is the thing that fucking tugged like on my back, heartstrings. Yeah, it's like back It's just, like, they were so incredibly happy to have a visit from Uncle Victor and they were all, like, spending individual time with him. And it was all a fucking lie. Like, they were just, like, truly happy to have the, the family there. Yeah. And they all, like, the comic book went through different moments where he spent one-on-one time with each individual character. Seemingly actually interested to get to know them mm-hmm. as individuals or whatever. And you can tell that the time spent was truly cherished by each member of the Vision family. Yeah. And then for all to be a fucking lie, I was so upset. Well, again, it's like him thinking that he's doing the right thing, right? Because they talk about Victor being sort of washed up a little bit. He was formerly a member of an Avengers team. Of the West the Coast. Runaways. He was in the Runaways, and then eventually he became part of the West Coast Avengers, which sort of got disbanded. He was kind of floating around. Mm-hmm. When the Avengers offer him this opportunity to sort of be a mole, I think he kind of saw it as his, like, yeah, he has to sort his of, like, screw over his, his brother. But yeah, also his breakthrough, because like, what's the opposite of like being evil? Being yeah. in the Avengers. 
So if it gives him a chance to like be able to be on the Earth's Mightiest Heroes and having them complete him, <laughs> then why not? Yeah, you know. So, so he even I think thinks that he's. I think he sort of even feels like this is a whatever mission. Like the vision is not going to be behind anything, but he just does it anyway. I don't think he thinks he's going to find anything, even though he reports to the Avengers and he's like, "I need more time. I'm, I'm like working my way." Yeah, in. that's how he gets found out because then stumbles into because you know then all the visions they can like walk through stuff they like all have the power to phase and so he follows their little doggy there's an abandoned house across the street follows the dog there phases through thinking you know there's nothing wrong with this nobody lives here and he catches his uncle talking to the avengers about everything that's going on and then victor loses his fucking shit and attacks his nephew he doesn't really attack he's trying to hold him like, he sort of uses he his, up, his magnetic powers to sort of be like... The kid starts freaking out, and Victor's like, I just want to talk. I just It's kind of a, a Lenny of Mice and Men moment, mm-hmm. where he's just like, shh, shh. And you put your hand over your sibling's mouth. Shh. Don't tell mom, shh. Yeah. And he gets a little too happy with his, like, fucking Emperor Palpatine zap powers and yeah. fries and so the he, shit out of, of Vin. Yeah, and, like, and... Killing him essentially. Yeah. Irrepar- irreparable damage. Irreparable damage. Yeah. There's no- Vision says there's nothing he he could do to. He can't bring him back to life, unfortunately. Him. But Vision kind of just walks in on that too. Yeah, he watches his son die. Like he's sort of like, what was that Virginia watches yeah. it too because they couldn't. They were like looking for them for Does their Virgi- dinner talk. Yeah. And Virginia and him both like stumble upon it because he's able to get back online for just enough time. Mm-hmm. To call his parents, which is super, super sad. Vision. And he just keeps calling for his mom. Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, throughout the whole book, throughout the whole series, they call each other wife, daughter, mother. Father. Father, all this like, stuff. And as he's dying, he calls out mommy. Like, he doesn't say mother or whatever. Yeah. So it's almost like that's... That was really sad. Yeah. And then after and Vision, this... Vision sort of walks in on him, like, being murdered. And which after is this like, is when yeah. shit hits the fan. As predicted. Yeah. <laughs> And I think Vision, Vision's <laughs> dialogue when he walks in is just like, oh, what was that noise? Like, he's not really like, he doesn't think too much of like whatever the noise across the street is. It's just like, oh, what's that Mommy, Oh my god! Like, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the inflection. You know what I mean? I'm sure everybody will appreciate that. Yeah, you know I mean? I'm just, I was, it's a radio play for the people. Okay. They want it. So, also in... messages saying we need you to be louder. I'm sure that's not the case. Well, okay, so I think a few months go by, right, mm-hmm. or something, a few weeks. Victor gets taken into jail and for murdering Vin, and the Visions are sort of put on house arrest. Mm-hmm. And then Vision sort of ruminates on it, thinks about his son, thinks about what happened, thinks about the Avengers' involvement. And he says that he goes through his database and he can't find any moral, any any religious or moral philosophies that in any way uh, see his outcome as being moral. Mm-hmm. So he sees as he sees it as he was the one that has been wronged, mm-hmm. and he has to sort of avenge it. So he says, "Fuck this!" Leaves the house. He sort of explodes through the little. They have like an electric dog fence for like the visions. Yeah, it's like a it's force like a field barrier. that was like created by Tony Stark to right. keep them in there in their house, and they're not supposed to be able to phase through it. Oh well, Tony Stark don't know shit. He blows through it. Um. Uh goes to the prison where Victor is in an attempt to kill Victor. It sets off Tony Stark's uh, house arrest thing that he has set up. Mm-hmm. 
and they're like, we need every single member of the Avengers to show up at here right now. Right now. Right everybody. Now. Everybody. Everybody. And Vision essentially hands everybody their fucking ass. He's phasing through people. Basically, when he puts his hand into you, it could like fuck you up. It's like his, explode your you heart know, like you know, the five finger death punch. He he can control like sort of what he does, mm-hmm. but he can sort of adjust his molecular structure to where it feels like you get like punched in the chest. Yeah. So he's just like woo woo woo, putting his like fingers <laughs> in people's chests left and right. Yeah. Just like fingering everybody's insides. Ooh. Gets to the prison, fights his way to the prison cell, mm-hmm. is about to kill his stepbrother, and then Virginia shows up and literally rips out Victor's heart, his mechanical heart. Thus being the one that's like, I'm going to take the blame for this. She goes home, and then she poisons herself with the flying water vase of Zenla. <laughs> I think it's also important to note that. She was doing a lot of stuff. Right, because previously the police show up and question Vision about his wife's whereabouts. Yeah. And he's like, I haven't seen her. I don't know where she is. And we find out that it's because she reprogrammed him to, so that he was essentially mind wiped. Yeah. And didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, so like, because he can't lie, like, he can't lie. He does, just doesn't know because she warped him, right. warped his mind, mind wiped his mind, whatever. And I think that's important to note. Like, I know at the beginning I said, well, it seems like she has like no real personality. But, and that, like, you said that she was programmed to be a good person, but it's also, like, she did so much sneaky stuff mm-hmm. that, I guess, again, it's well-intentioned, like, I don't want our family to be destroyed, I don't want you to be implicated, blah, 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 I want to protect myself, clearly. But at a certain point, like, you could know that, like, wiping my husband's mind is not okay, I don't know. <laughs> And then what I what I yeah I think that she wasn't being truthful about that though because so you when think she, that she reveals, was lying about lying yeah when she reveals like you know oh I did this and this and this mm-hmm. she Vision said because she said oh I already sent everything to the police and Vision tells her you know don't worry about that I he said I'll rectify your embellishments which makes me think that almost Vision made his decisions and that she was just going to take the fall for it. And say, oh, I reprogrammed my husband. He didn't know anything. You know what I mean? Like, it, that's almost what it sounded like. Because to me, also, it being the wife reprogramming him and all this stuff, I think that the the series wouldn't be as impactful or powerful. Because to me, if you sort of just pull out the end, pull out at the end, and you're kind of just like, oh, actually, none of it was Vision's fault. That doesn't really lend any gravity to it. Because to me, it's like, it should be vision that makes these mistakes it should be his journey it should be him that's sort of like learning all this stuff i don't think to have the deus ex machina of like the wife coming in and being like it was me all along austin <laughs> that's kind of like eh, it's kind of a cop-out you didn't really give the I vision see. any responsibility you know it's like he has to be responsible for his actions he has to like learn that so to make her be the one that's i mean like, but at the end like we find out that he really doesn't learn that because he gives the he I've been naughty. Yeah, at right the at the end because you know they live happily. The ever circumstances after. happen. His son can't be brought back. His wife kills himself, so it's just him and his daughter and the dog. And I forgot. Oh, we we get a little glimpse of Wanda right at the end. Right. Um, and she brings back the dog so that it they turns, can have some like semblance of like yeah. happiness. Something. Not everything's terrible. It, you get your dog back. It's worth noting that his wife. It's kind of alluded to. His wife is based on Wanda. Yeah. A little bit. And then it's just like him and his daughter sort of like 
trying to move on, trying to have a life yeah. after all the events. Well, they're, they're kind of happy. Yeah. They're sort of, you know. At the end, you see that he's creating another vision. Mm-hmm. Presumably, again, his wife. Yeah. I didn't like that ending because I felt like, oh, well, this all has the potential to repeat again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I feel like he shouldn't continue to try for this cookie cutter family life that he's tried a couple of times now and it hasn't worked out whether with a human whether with an android i feel like he should have learned from all of the things that happened in these 12 issues and it was like stop trying to play god Mm -hmm. change adapt move on it didn't it, it, it hasn't been working you you came out of this. This is what you got left. Mm-hmm. Just accept it. Move forward. Try for something different. You know. Right. And I thought that was interesting because earlier in the in the comic book, humans they change, but they do not change. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that sums up everything. Right. Which... From towards the ending, it's like nothing is more human than the ability to claim that, at least for this story, mm-hmm. that we're going to make changes. We're going to try to change whatever it is. I want to change my behavior. I want to change my potential future. I want to change this. But at the end, like, you don't change. Like, it's yeah. written into your code. You're going to, like, fuck it up. So then it's like, did Vision succeed in becoming human then? Like, what he wanted. In a way, yes. So he gives the sneaky little thing to the dog. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's bad. Mm-hmm. And then- Daddy's been naughty. <laughs> So and he opens up that weird fridge that nobody ever is like, what is that? <laughs> that fucking coffin fridge thing. And yeah. It's, he's making another wife. So I think that we should definitely, you know, move on to the art style now. Uh, we discussed the plot. Extensively. <laughs> a little haphazardly, but we think that you guys kind of got it just for the comic. We We do suggest you reading it. If you come across it, um, it won an Eisner Award. So for you nerds out there, you know that that's a big um, prestigious thing. Well deserved. So I think because it's a visual medium, it is a comic book. They could have easily made this into a actual book book. Um, we should discuss the art. Um, so remind me of the name of the artist again. Uh, the main artist is Gabriel Hernandez Walta, who did 11 of the 12 issues. Do you know if he was also responsible for the covers? I know that we often get variant artists, but for the covers that they put for the trades and stuff... The covers were handled by somebody else, um, which was not either of the artists. Aw, okay. Well, okay, that sucks because... Not that I don't like Gabriel's... Gabriel Hernandez. Yeah. Um, I, I like his art style. I don't think that there's anything... Comic book, I don't think there was anything wow about it. Mike Del Mundo. Okay, so Mike Del Mundo is the cover artist. So I don't think, in terms of the full comic, I don't think Hernandez did anything wow. I've actually seen um, another comic that he worked on, which had a completely different style, which was um, uh, it was about the uh, suicide forest in Japan. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It had a darker tone to it, maybe just because of what the genre was. The subject matter. Yeah. But then when I saw this, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a Marvel comic book. <laughs> There's nothing that wowed me about it. I did like the use of color. Yeah. Um, but Marvel comics tend to be very colorful, mm-hmm. whereas DC is kind of be is a little more toned down. Um, but I did like the cover art 
by Del Mike Del Mundo. Yeah, yeah. And that's because I like old stuff, as you know. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of old magazine covers. Like early, mm-hmm. you know, good housekeeping, mm-hmm. you know, painted, yeah. you know, uh, suburban, like, idyllic images of, like, families and, you know, people and houses and stuff like that. Some of the covers seemed like they were almost a little bit of takeoff of, uh, like, Norman Rockwell paintings. Oh my god, I was literally gonna bring that up because we went to the museum, Yeah. and that was literally my note. I didn't look up the guys that drew them's name, because I'm an idiot, but I definitely, that was my thought. I was like, it reminds me of the artwork of Norman Rockwell, because he was, he, he, you know, he drew and illustrated all of these uh, magazine covers, And that's what my mind immediately went to. Yeah. With like, obviously, like each cover had like that touch of humor. Like, for instance, like the vision sort of phasing through their front door, but like waving like one big happy family. Yeah. I found the cover art, and I kind of wish it would have carried through. But I know that that art style is difficult for a comic book format. Yeah. But I wish it would have carried through. It ain't. It 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 spoke to me way more than the inside. It's definitely like a takeoff of the sort of like. <laughs> We mentioned Norman Rockwell, kind of American Dream. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Issue four, like this one, kind of looks oh, like yes, yes. a Norman Rockwell painting where it's like two kids sort of getting in trouble in school. Um, yeah, the cover art was. I love the was cover really art. Well done. I think I the artwork to me, I think it works pretty well throughout the entire uh, series. Um, I think that the combination of Gabriel Hernandez Walta and the colorist Jordi Belair. I mm-hmm. think those two together, the marriage of those two really helps to sort of push what this story was in that the color, the color work was very grounded, mm-hmm. I feel, uh, which is rare for a superhero comic. It's usually very bright, very saturated. They're either very bright or very dark comic books, usually. No in between. Things are usually very bright or everything is just like a brown beige like everything is super muted i don't know if it was done digitally i don't believe it was i think it might have been hand colored which is very rare nowadays yeah but you definitely uh did get you know like some graphite comes through watercolor pens pastels very physical sort of like down-to-earth media i think that that help to sort of ground the story in the sort of reality of the situation where it's like yeah it's not a superhero story it's a it's a f- existential like family drama that takes place in the marvel universe it's not they're not fighting aliens they're not like you know doing all this crazy shit they're, they were fighting giganto they were fighting giganto <laughs> which is weird because that almost becomes like that took me out of it too it's like I knew that there was going to be some, like, touch of, like, clearly he's a superhero and he's going to be doing superhero things. Yeah. But that one panel where you, well, I didn't turn the page. I digitally turned the page. But it's, like, the Vision, like, on the phone with his wife. It's, like, jarring. And Giganto is gigantic. (laughs) And it was so, like, comic book cartoony for me. Yeah. That it almost took me out of it. Right. Which is weird because that's usually you'd expect every page of a superhero comic book to be that. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, you know, the artist and the colorist really worked well for this particular type of story. And it did what it had to do. The, it, it gave it an air an, an era of, of our reality, something we can understand. So. I feel like this is, like, a conversation for another episode and we can, like, write it down, a note for it later. But I'm not quite sure you might be more knowledgeable about this. Do... Do artists and colorists, are they typically, like, team, like, bros, homies for life? Or 
It's just like, this is the illustrator, and then somebody else randomly gets picked for the color work. Because I feel like, as an artist, Mm. I would want to have say in the color. Like, yeah, I drew this sketch, I drew this piece. Mm-hmm. So it 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 kind of boggles my mind, and I've known this because I read comic books, but it's just like somebody else colored it. Like, yeah. I would not want somebody to interpret my feelings on color. Yeah. <laughs> so is it, cause is it, um, we should talk about this in another episode. I'm sorry, I'm getting <laughs> ahead of myself. There will be an episode about this. Comic, making comic books is very regimented. Yeah. So that that was kind of just the thing for so long is like everybody had their job. You had people that were that would write the comic, would ink it, or would draw it, would ink it, like did everything. Yeah. But for the most part, it was a very um like production, like production line process. Sort of like making an animated film. Yeah. So forever it was like no one person writes it, one person pencils it, one person inks it. Even down to like lettering, you know, there was a separate person that used to just do the letters. Yeah, I guess you're right. So I think that that's something <laughs> that like that's still obviously there's teams like there's writers and artists that they're like the dream team and they just have done a ton of stuff together and they work well together. Yeah. Which that could be the case for a colorist as well. But I think in terms of people being like super um, protective of like their drawings, I think that when you're in the comic book business, you kind of have to learn to let it go, let your babies bit. go, let yeah, them fly. It's, like, <laughs> it's sort of like you you realize it's like, well, this is what I do. The colorist is going to do what they do. Like, you, sort like of you become trust. an expert on your thing. Yeah, I think there's a certain amount of trust that goes into that, where it's like I hone my craft this way. You've clearly honed it that way. There, there was an interesting thing you mentioned early on uh when we started the podcast that there was an issue that was drawn by a completely different artist and that was um michael walsh michael walsh yeah i was gonna call him welsh again (laughs) (laughs) michael walsh i thought that was an interesting issue one it's because obviously it's done by a completely different artist so it's like kind of jarring um but also and also i'm reading it as a trade so yeah, you notice it. Yeah. I noticed like it be like as soon as I turned the page from like one to the next, whereas like somebody who got an issue a month later, they it might not be as like a stark yeah. contrast. It was a creative decision. I felt like it's yeah, because we do it find out that it's a a flashback. Yeah, the whole issue is a a, a uh, flashback. Yeah, and it's a flashback about Wanda, aka Scarlet Witch, and Vision's relationship prior to the events of the comic book we're reading now. Yeah. So, did you agree with the decision to make the flashback a completely different oh, yeah. art style? Did you prefer the, this art style to the other? I felt like the uh, the art style of this particular issue was even more like Marvel traditional. It was very comic booky. It was yes, I, exactly. It was like the, yeah, it was definitely the more comic booky. It was like remember style. the Avengers number four? Remember that one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm into it. I like the. I like to see that sort of experimentation with, like... The whole idea of a comic book is that you're playing with sort of time and visuals and dialogue, and you're sort of constructing them to sort of make this narrative. Mm-hmm. And I kind of... I like the experimental nature of, like, we're just going to have a separate artist do this entire uh, flashback issue. I thought that was a nice sort of experimentation within the form of comic books. And again, it's, like, rare to see that in, you know, like, a Marvel comic, like, a big established company doing that. 
Mm-hmm. So to see them doing something that creative, I I was into it. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I thought the like you said the artwork was very. I feel like that the choice was deliberate. Like we're gonna do this art style in this way to like flashback issue, mm-hmm. but we're also flashback flashing back to comic books that happen at a different time. Art informing that like right, flashback. This is like uh, it's also one of the few times you throughout this entire series, Vision doesn't really where his superhero oh, yeah, outfit is true. usually in his, in a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. And maybe two or three times throughout the whole 12 issues, he's in his Avengers outfit. Yeah. But this issue, I think he's in his in his costume the entire issue. Yeah. He was even like silver, like the silver surfer at some point. I don't know what that was. He turns white. He, he was white because that was... <laughs> um, he, the entire thing is him remembering his relationship with uh, Wanda. Yeah. And what it was was he had died. Oh, his body was yeah. destroyed, so he became... Technology, like a techno, <laughs> like a techno memory of himself or something. Comic book. Yeah, it's, it's like who the fuck knows anymore. But yeah, so he was like even remembering his own death, and yeah, they talk about him being reborn, yeah, and like him telling the kids, you know, I'm not your father, I'm just a copy of your father, like yeah, and technically the kids are not his kids, yeah, what, like yeah, demons, demons or, comics, yeah. You know, that's what happens when you mess around with Scarlet Witch; you get demon babies. <laughs> Yeah, I I think overall, I think the art style was good. It doesn't leave a big impression on me uh, for this single issue and for the entire. Like I said, I just love the cover art. Right. Um, but since we did mention Scarlet Witch, I think that it might be nice to talk about maybe WandaVision a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think while reading Vision that they were going to touch on his previous relationship at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but they yeah. did, so I guess we can feel free to like uh, mosey on over to the MCU a little bit and yeah. talk about WandaVision and Wanda herself. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of gotten a bit of background about the Vision, but you know, just to, for people that may not know anything about Wanda, um, she her name is actually the Scarlet Witch. Uh, she appeared in X Men Four in. 1964 um and she was created by the ogs stanley and jack kirby Uh both r.i.p they're both dead and she was originally a mutant from the x-men something that we don't talk about on this channel and (laughs) her father was magneto and her brother was quicksilver and they have a long 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 history that i did not choose to delve deep into on wikipedia but it's a mess it's a mess she was given powers. She was born with me in powers, but then she was also given powers by a demon and or god. Mm-hmm. Um, her brother gets a shit in the stick. He don't get nothing. He just gets a nice pair of Nikes and he can run fast. He's swift. <laughs> That's pretty much it for her background. She has powers. She has a lot of powers in the comic book. I'm not going to get into it, but some of the powers are like reality warping. That's kind of the general the one that they'll give just to like that. She does what she wants. Yeah. Chaos. Chaos magic is what Damien called it earlier when we were discussing off, yeah, offline, off air. air. Um, so she does a lot. She has a long, convoluted history. What's happening? I don't know. Comic books. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. She does get into a relationship with uh, the Vision. They even get married. Uh, this happens in an Avengers series, so it doesn't even happen like in the obviously because. How else would she have met him if not in the Avengers? Duh, Jackie. Yeah. Why does this all align now? But anyway, it happened in 1974 in the giant size Avengers number four. They mm-hmm. get married. It doesn't end well. 
as we learn in that's in, Wanda in the both, comic books. In the MCU, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we are introduced to both Wanda and Vision in the same film, which is Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, I was trying to remember the name. I was like, ah! There's so many Avengers movies. Movie, yeah, it's not a great one. But um, we're introduced to both characters, um, but their stories are different. A lot different. Wanda and her brother Pietro decide that they want to like allow their bodies to be tested for you know science and you know to be used as weapons because let's face it that's what's happening and they are tested on with the mind stone which is at that point housed in loki's scepter but nobody knows that it's the mind stone anyway again it gives them amazing powers again Mm -hmm. all quicksilver can do is run fast in a tracksuit say did you see that coming that's all he does Mm -hmm. yeah and Little goth. <laughs> and Wanda, she has more, like, she could just, like, move inanimate objects with, like, her powers and, like, yeah. do, like, blast, like, beams and she could sort of, like, fly. And, they like, don't really get too much into her powers. Yeah, right? that's, like, the extent of her powers up until this point. The Vision also comes into play, again, another convoluted-ass story in the MCU even, but basically in this version, Tony Stark is his daddy and well, Ultron is also... Right, because Tony Stark makes Ultron. Yeah, like, because it starts off as, like, he's Tony Stark's computer. Yeah, he's trying to... Uh, yeah, he's Tony Stark's, like, computer voice, called, voiced by Paul Bettany. Right, which he does... Oh, oh Vision, yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking about Ultron, I'm sorry. And then... The, vo- the voice actor that plays Ultron does a really good job of voicing Ultron. Yes. A hundred percent kudos to the voice of Ultron, who, whomever he is. Yeah. Great job. In the effort to defeat Ultron, Vision is created, again, using the Mind Stone. And thus, the comic book pairing, movie pairing of the world is born. They're not involved at this point. They're actually enemies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, fast forward to the other Marvel movies. They start to slowly, like, get the hots for each other. And honestly... I, don't, I didn't understand it. Vision just wants a spooky boo. I didn't understand their relationship until, like, planning for this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was also, like, baffled by the decision for Marvel slash Disney to then want to continue forward with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting with a show about what I felt was the, the two least interesting characters of the entire Avengers series, other than Hawkeye. Because definitely- fuck Hawkeye. It was definitely a weird decision to try to make... No, it would have been worse if they made a Hawkeye show. I mean, they are making a Hawkeye show. Yeah, that's a bad decision. Yeah. So, they decided to make a show, which we'll be releasing again on January 15th. And it's like sort of like a rom-com mixed with like an action show. It's like they they watched... uh, Eternal Sunshine and they were just like, yes, put vision in it. So basically, my feels, based on the trailers and everything, is that Wanda, who was the only surviving member of the pair at the end of, Mm -hmm. like, the original Avengers Endgame, Wanda still lives, Vision is dead. She's clearly... She's... Hmm? Does he die twice? Well, he dies twice in the same movie because they they kill him and then they like reset time. He dies again. (laughs) What a punk ass. (laughs) Vision sucks. Sucks so much ass in the movie. That's the thing. He's so powerful (laughs) in the comic books but then he's such a punk ass. Because of love. 
the the downfall of every like comic book yeah. character is either like being too much of goody goody or like being weak and falling in he love. He tried to be Captain Save a Hole, and he could not save that hole. He, he could not even save himself. He How he gonna save, save the hose? He could not save that messy hole. <laughs> so. Wanda's the only survivor member of this couple. Yeah. If you watch the movies, you'll know that mentally, Wanda is not very stable. Yeah. She had issues going into this. She was an experimented on. She has trust issues. She lost her brother because he wasn't quick enough. Ironic. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> um, and so her brother's dead. Her family's torn apart, whatever, whatever. Yeah. She's on the run from the government, S.H.I.E.L.D., government. everybody. She is a mess. So what I'm predicting is that her mind is a mess. Mm. And now in this series, they're going to touch upon more of her powers. Yeah. Um, My theory is, is that the reality warping stuff is going to come into play. And basically, I kind of envision, Mm. lol, that WandaVision is going to be like, this bitch was depressed and sad. She watched a lot of television. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just sat in her like shield room bedroom yeah. just watching a shit ton of television because she ain't got no boo no more yeah. and the avengers like are not really needed and she's just sad so right. she's just netflixing it at home right. watching like right. old holding her knees and like rocking yeah and just like watching like stuffing barrels of popcorn mm-hmm. into her mouth watching tv right because in the trailers we're getting visions i can't use the word vision while talking about the vision but it's not premonition we're watching (laughs) segments in set in different eras of time but not only in time in specific movie er like not movie eras show eras yeah they're using the vocabulary of tv and film to sort of um, yeah so we start off with like black and white very 1940s 50s like bewitched yeah. era kind of thing and they even like allude to that because she's still using her powers vision still looks like vision it's not his like human form although mm-hmm. he does alternate in between the two right. and it's very that it's very like you know leave it to beaver kind of thing yeah and then as the uh trailer goes on it moves into different areas of time so you get like a very like brady bunch set and then even up to like you know the 80s like 90s even full yeah. house kind of thing because it's wanda in my opinion this was gonna happen she's like trying to reconcile with the fact that like vision is dead mm-hmm. so like in her mind this like reality that she's warping she wants to have that suburban picturesque life like they talked about like oh we're gonna like have a family run away yeah. and not have to be like you know whatever anymore and so it's just that's just like she's fucking unstable. So it's like yeah. she's meshing like these idealistic worlds of TV and then like how would we fit into it? Yeah. That's my theory. Why them? Why are these people a couple? I don't know. I don't know why they were a couple in the comics. Because as you kept saying, they're weird. They're just like the two weirdest kids. It's like. I think I was. The- I think it was like an alleg- Like not an allegory. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like, oh, race is an issue now. So let's put this person who is literally a man of color, because he was bright red, yeah. and this woman, while she is a mutant, she's still white. Yeah. Let's put them together, because shock and awe, and also like mirroring I mean, the subjects like, of the time. Yeah, I feel like they. this could definitely be like a high school couple, though. Like, you knew a couple like this in high school, it was like, the guy is kind of like weird, doesn't talk, he might have some type of thing, mm-hmm. the girl is like... 
a spooky witch. Who spooky to, witch? Spooky goth? She's like a spooky goth who's like sad and she cuts herself and like... I mean, you don't know she cuts herself. They're just both... Like, we, like the guy, you know, yeah, hey, how's it going? Like, that's vision. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, think that's true. a perfect combination of people. I mean, while writing this, again, like I mentioned before, I kind of realized, or I think that for just the MCU universe, I think they're just drawn to each other because their powers come from the same sources. Like, the Mind Stone is literally I mean, what keeps good... the vision alive. It's yeah. what gives him life and Sent- animation. Sentiency. But her powers come from the Mind Stone. So I feel like, because I thought they were so boring, and this, like, pairing was so, like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? I honestly thought that the one thing that was pulling them together and bringing them that connection was the fact that the Mind Stone is a big part of, like, their lives and their powers and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's a good assertion, especially for the for the movies, which yeah. the show is based on. But at first I was like, this is going to be stupid. Why would anybody want a show about these two? But now that I'm seeing, like, how they're going to jump into different eras of television, I think it kind of looks fun. Like, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, me too. It definitely seems cool. I think it's also a gimmick that they're also like, oh, you never know what kind of show is going to be on this week or whatever. Yeah, You know what I mean? And what I, I think it is smart that Scarlet Witch, because, I mean... Let's face it, it's Disney and Marvel. They're never going to get as, like, truly weird as you can possibly get. But because of her powers, like, you can really do anything you wanted. Sort of like with you know um, I mean? Doctor Strange, they were able to get a little weird. In yeah. terms of, like, visuals. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Even, have you watched Legion on FX? I've watched Legion on FX. It's sort of the same, like, they were able to kind of get a little bit weirder because nobody gives a fuck about Legion and it's FX. So they're just like, oh, True. do whatever. Yeah. But it's, it'd be interesting what they could do within the Disney format, you know? Yeah, I do think that, you know, we we you know we read through this comic book, um, The Vision, where, you know, this him just trying to seek out, like, a normal, like, white picket fence, like, American dream, happy life. Yeah. And I do think, in some form, it had to have informed the choice for the show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I... just, it's just too similar. Mm-hmm. For somebody to not have been like, you know, they made this vision comic book about just him. But right. what if we sort of use that idea of wanting that life and put it into the show? I definitely think the, the comic is going to have some type of influence on the show. Just because it, it seems too... They seem on the too nose. Par- yeah, they seem too like, parallel to each other. Where, you know, like you said, Vision is dead, but if Wanda has, you know... Because uh, she's essentially reality warping power she can bring vision the vision might come back who the fuck knows i mean like like, now that i'm just thinking about it (laughs) again Mm -hmm. having these epiphanies as we're speaking we were talking about how vision creates his own family yeah in his image and also like with the thoughts and mind brain waves of people that he's known and she's essentially sort of doing that here. Yeah, her idea of him. So it's almost a direct, like, not copy in a way, yeah. but sort of inspired by the same. She's doing the same thing. She's creating her ideal situation in what we believe is not a real world because she's manipulating the world. We do see that in the trailer. But then she's creating this version of Vision that probably isn't him. Yeah. That And then, like, we do see also in the trailer, they hint at the fact that at some point she's going to have babies. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. it's all her. He's yeah. a robot. He can't have babies. Yeah. And they touch on that in the comic book, and they're probably going to touch on it here. 
So I feel like, yeah, it's definitely I'd, the I'd, same. I'd be surprised if they didn't take something from this comic. To do you, do you think it'll movie. end in the same way with, like, maybe an an Avengers intervention? Or maybe not the Avengers. Well, no, it has to be an Avengers intervention. Again, thinking of this now. Because the MCU... They want everything to lock to lock together, to the show, yeah. so they they are making shows for Hawkeye and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Which Logan you didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> like what the fuck? So it's like I feel like or Loki. They're doing a Loki show, and Loki yeah. works with like mystical arts. So maybe mm-hmm. fuck maybe <laughs> ah, Loki is gonna come in at some point. Something mm-hmm. that he's connected to with the mystical magical arts, right. and then also. Like, be in this like even for a second play. in WandaVision See, not, right they're gonna start doing that too within the shows they're gonna be like oh like cause remember when uh, Nick Fury showed up in Iron Man like everybody lost their fucking mind <laughs> it's gonna be the same thing it's like oh did you see fucking uh, Thor was in the Vision show like, yeah gonna, I mean you know, that's that's like the nature of not nobody... only the MCU but even Star Wars now it's like how do they all link up yeah. who's gonna show up now I feel it's bound to happen. There's going to be some sort of Avengers intervention, just like in the Vision comic, which which we just discussed. I think it's going to happen. It might be Loki. It might. I think it's going to be Loki. He would be the. We were we're going to watch the show. We might do a follow up episode to see who was right, who was wrong. Yeah, I would think Scarlet Witch maybe just brings him back to life. Like she just oh like bends everything to her will so much that he just comes back. And then we're gonna have to watch him die again. Third time. Because <laughs> he can't exist. Yeah. Okay. Um I think it's interesting that Vision his ideal woman is just himself. Which with is a like wing. Vision could have like with the made wing. Yeah, with the wig. Like he could have just had like and wouldn't it be time if they introduced the Vision family and it's just like wife come and then it's like just in the frame is just like a chubby Dominican girl with like a giant ass. With like a like a, a gold, with like a fucking like a gold ankle what? bracelet, you know, and it's just like just don't ever bring it up. And it's just like, oh yeah, he just likes the brown ladies, like you know, like I don't even know where to follow up with that. But and his yeah. children all have like a tape, like a, a fade, and the hairdo like it looks like a barcode because they're all Dominican. Well, the thing that Vision That's didn't the comic I want to make the vision. The thing that Vision didn't take into account was like the true human experience is to like be with someone who's different than you. Truth. Mix it up. <laughs> I don't want to get more explicit than that, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, mix it up, man. I guess like my last final prediction. I mentioned this earlier. We were talking shit about Agatha, and I kept talking. Calling her Agnes. Oh yeah, who's Agnes? There's a, ca- a character in the in the trailer. And her name is Agnes, and she's played by Catherine Hahn, who's like a comedic actor, mm-hmm. actress. And I think this is my last and final prediction. Mm-hmm. I think that Agnes is actually Agatha Harkness, that and means- I think her presence in every era that they've shown in the trailer thus thus far, be, yeah. and her presence in the show. Is linking to her being like Scarlet Witch's teacher. Yeah, that's true. That, that's definitely a possibility. There's that one uh, scene in the trailer where she's in the car, and I forget if it's Vision or Wanda that they ask her like, "What are you doing here?" And she's like, "Well, you're dead. What are you doing here?" Yeah, which would prove because she's able in to kind of go between realities. Well, she's very and, much aware of everything that's going. Yeah, on. so that's that's a good prediction. 
Look at you. I did it! You did it. I did it. You don't even need to watch the show anymore because Jackie... Wrote, I should write the show. She wrote... Jack Schaefer, Max Shackman... Matt Shackman? Matt Shackman. Matt Shackman, we coming for you! <laughs> Actually, don't come for me. Call me and let me write the show. <laughs> we did it, y'all. We reviewed a comic. First one. We might do more, like book reviews in the future mm-hmm. and maybe we'll like announce it in advance like maybe on instagram or like on the episode prior to give you all the chance to maybe read along with us um we'll, we'll promise to keep it short so that way it'll like be doable don't make promises i mean short stories whether or not our episode's gonna be short that's not the promise the promise is that the content will be short Mm-hmm. So they can read along with us, and there won't be spoilers, because this was a spoilerific episode, and there was no warning at the beginning. We'll put it in the description. Yeah, warning, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Oh, so you can't review something without having spoilers. True. So, book club in the future happening for the podcast. Um, But this was our first one. We hope you enjoyed we it. Did it. We did it. We had a little bit of uh, predictions for the new WandaVision at the end. We will probably revisit WandaVision maybe. Full episode. Maybe not. We'll see. Who knows? They're going to release it all at once. No. Um, January 15th, there'll be two episodes. And then I'm guessing after that, it'll be like week by week. Kind of like The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus only. Or other illegal means that mm-hmm. we won't discuss on this podcast. You can find it. But you can find it. Work hard. It's out there. Actually, you don't even have to work hard. So, anyway, look at that. We did it. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Woo! We got through it. Comic books, all the things, predictions, visions, revisions. Our longest episode yet. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what a milestone. Woo! So, Damien, where can the people find us? They can find us at Trash Bin Kids. On Instagram. On Instagram. If you feel so inclined, you can email us at trashbinkids at gmail.com. Ask your questions. Give us your suggestions. And we might bring it up in the next podcast. Yep. You can follow Damien at Damien Rivera on Instagram. And I'm Jackie versus World on Instagram. And that's us. That's what we do. We did it. Woo! Have a nice night. Goodbye. Or, or morning. Or morning. On when you're listening to this. Yeah, morning, noon, night. I hope your whole day is blessed. <laughs> blessed be. Have a blessed day. My All love. right. Goodbye. Bye, Thank Goodbye. you. Goodbye.